Welcome to Why Filter Life, Episode 4, Unpacking Stories on Daniel Island with Beth Bush. Beth graduated from Appalachian State University in 1989 with a Bachelor of Science degree in Communication Art. She also had a concentration in broadcast journalism. After graduating, she worked at WCTI-TV 12 News in Newburn, North Carolina as a weekend anchor, reporter, and producer. And while at WCTI-TV, Beth also served as the chief for the station's Jacksonville office. She covered a variety of stories about the Marine Corps base at Camp Lejeune, military deployments to the Persian Gulf for Operation Desert Storm. In addition, she traveled to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, to report on the Marines' involvement in the Haitian relief effort. In 1994, Beth transitioned to the field of public relations and took a position as communications specialist for the community hospital in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Then, after several years as a stay-at-home mom, she rekindled her journalism career in 2005 as a freelance writer for the Daniel Island News in Charleston, South Carolina. Since joining the paper, Beth has earned more than 35 journalism awards from the South Carolina Press Association, including a Judson Chapman Award for Community Service in 2015 for her coverage of a Charleston's man's quest to restore an African-American cemetery. From 2016, but she also decided she wanted to return to her first love, which is feature writing a craft that allows her to spotlight the people, events, and activities that shape her local community. She also is co-founder of the Daniel Island Historical Society and a new member of the Daughters of the American Revolution, Rebecca Mono Chapter. Well, hey, Beth, how are you doing? Hey, Kim. I'm great. How are you? I am so good. Thank you for taking your time to come talk to us. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this all day. Truthfully, I have. I have, <laughs> I have too. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know if you remember, but back in 2008, um, or approximately, our, our daughters were in Cotillion together. Oh my gosh, yes. That is a blast from the past. <laughs> and, um, I'll never forget Ron. He was a chaperone and he was leaving oh, and all the parents dropped the, the girls off at, at my house. Yes. The minivan was full of these Southern Bells. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. And, and mine was the one fighting the whole thing. Didn't want to do cotillion. Was like, get me out of this. But I think she had fun that night. <laughs> I hope they did. Um, I know my yeah. husband did. I think they went to Magnolia's downtown Charleston. Yes. And they had like a formal dinner with the place setting proper, you know, the desserts oh, yeah. up front. Yeah. Um, so I think that they really had a good time. And that was just a cool experience, I think, for my child and, and um, her dad. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And though, you know, it's one of those things you always say, trust us, you might not need these skills now, but you will. So soak it up. <laughs> Hopefully they did. Well, I think so. And then the funny thing I remember Carson told my son, Nicholas, and he didn't want to do cotillion, so I didn't make him because she told him that the boys were supposed to take the girls trash. <laughs> <laughs> Being polite. I was like, oh, I didn't know oh. that. Very nice. Yeah, okay. that, I mean that's, that's good. I like way. that. Uh, I guess when they're out that's... dancing or doing their ballroom dancing, the boys were supposed to 
if they, the girls okay. with the Jerry Bow cookie take their trash and throw it away for them. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. I, know. I love that. <laughs> that was so cool. That's good chivalry there. I like that. Yes. Well, Beth, I've always been intrigued with your articles from the Daniel Island News um, and your dedication to the Daniel Island Community School. And then your dedication to becoming the co-founder of the Daniel Allen Historical Society. Yes. Love all those things you just mentioned. All those entities. Very intrigued (laughs) with you. And and again, thank you so much for coming on. But I have a couple questions for you, Beth. Of course. What's your favorite holiday movie? Okay, I'm ready. And what does it say about you? Oh my God. Your favorite holiday movie and what does that say about you? What does it say about me? That's so funny you should ask because last night I just, my husband and I were had some time and we, I said, let's watch a Christmas movie. I want a feel good, like happy, make me laugh Christmas movie. And I should have done the picking because he selected something I've never seen before. It was, it was like a recent movie about these three guys who just go out and have a wild time on the night before Christmas. Not my idea of a Christmas movie, but um, I would say to answer that for me personally, I'm very old school. Like I go way back on this. I like my favorite classics would be your your animated like originals, Red, Rudolph and Year Without a Santa Claus. That Heat Miser, Cold Miser, that is like my jam. I if that is on or if I can watch that, I do. I love it. Love it. Oh, I have I to am very, very old school. I'm yeah, classics are my favorite. I I remember Rudolph and then the um the snow that um the big monster um, oh yes, the abominable snowman. Yes, thank yes. you. Oh my gosh. Yes. That was... I have all the stuffed animal characters somewhere around here that I got my kids, so that says something about me too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's another favorite. I knew I liked you. <laughs> I knew. Yep. I love that stuff. <laughs> well, here's a second question. Um, what piece of advice would you give to a new person wanting to get into journalism or even podcasting? Ooh, yeah. And podcasting is such a new thing. And I just talking with you before this, this episode, like I love the whole concept of what a podcast is. And I think they're awesome. So I, I don't know about getting into that specifically, but you're right. Like journalism is a good segue into that, you know, you as far as interviewing people and just, you know, getting involved in a subject and unpacking it. Um, but you know, just in looking back, like the times that I used to go into Daniel Island school and, and I would go in and talk with some of the kids, middle school kids about journalism, creative writing. You may remember like Miss Armin, like her class, one of my, my daughter's favorite teachers, um, at Daniel Island school. And, um, I used to just tell them like the number one thing I I said was just to be a good observer. Like if you're going to write about something, you have to just notice things, Um, you know, and those are, that's all going to be material for your story. It's not just about talking to someone and hearing their responses. It's about kind of getting to know their personality, what, what they like, what they dislike, just by looking at things around them. Even like in your office, I see a guitar, I see some pretty art, I see a pink hat. So if I'm a good journalist, I'm going to ask you about those things and why you have them because they're just cool. And they just say something about you. Um, so um, that would be probably the number one thing. And, and that's been hard with COVID and, and the whole like, you know, inability to meet in person for a while for, for many of us. Like for me personally, I've had to do a lot of phone interviews for my stories and that's not my favorite way to talk to someone. I love it. I mean, I love hearing their voices and that's great. And I certainly get the information I need, but I miss that visual, just being able to be with them and, and notice those things that we just talked about. So um, yeah, I hope we can get back to that. It's slowly, it's slowly returning, which is good. 
Because I think I just you just miss like a whole layer of the story when you don't have that aspect of it. So that would be the probably biggest thing I'd say. Be curious and and notice things. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that and being observant. And um, you know, sometimes I think mindfulness um comes into play. Sometimes I'm always thinking about the future or tomorrow and it's hard for me to really be a good listener. So thank you for sharing that, that that's an important thing to be in the moment, yeah. to be, to be observant. Yep. Thank you. And I think to think about things too, that others might not think about in a normal conversation. Like I, I had this book, it's actually on my desk somewhere behind my computer, but it's called stalking the feature story. And um, there's this one little story in there that I always love. And it just makes me it just inspires me when I when I think about it, because um, this guy was writing about covering John F. Kennedy's funeral um, after his uh, the horrible assassination of President Kennedy. And everybody's gathered in Washington for this big moment, of course, very poignant moment, very historic moment, sad moment. And all eyes are on that processional and, and all that's going on. Um, in the official capacity um, as, as everyone prepares for the funeral. But he decided to go interview the groundskeeper at the cemetery who was going to be actually digging the dirt where President Kennedy's coffin would be placed, like into the ground. And he was just a quiet man by himself on, on the little hillside where that grave site was being, was being prepared. And I just thought, wow, that's so beautiful because you wouldn't think to do that. You wouldn't think to talk to that person. But his feelings about doing that incredible task were so important to the story. And so um, that's, that's one thing I always remembered. Um, sometimes it's not the obvious things or the obvious people that you need to talk to to really get to the heart of the story. It's some of those background people um, that really can shed a whole different perspective on things for you. So I love that story. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that again. Sure. Um, well, I wanted to, um, I guess the whole podcast, I titled it um, Unpacking Stories on Daniel Island. Um, because if there's any story, you know about it. You've been there, Most you've seen time. it. Not always, <laughs> but yeah. A lot of them you have. Um, yeah. And then I see that you won the, the Justin uh, Chapman Award for Community Service in 2015. And then that was about your coverage of a Charleston man's quest to restore African-American cemeteries. Um, I'm really intrigued um, with the cemeteries here on Daniel Island. I've noticed over the years uh, some restoration going on. Um, mm -hmm. What could you share some of your knowledge about that? Sure. And I, you know, I love talking about the man that inspired that story. Um, cause I think a lot of times I say he's the one who really won that award because <laughs> he, he was the one, um, that I focused on, um, in his work, but, uh, his name was Dr. Ade Afunian and he uh, was a grandson of Philip Simmons. Um, Philip Simmons was born on Daniel Island in 1912, I think, and lived here for about eight or nine years. And then he ended up going downtown, but, um, but it's the cemetery. It really, it was about the cemeteries. You're right. And um, he actually reached out to me through the Daniel Island Historical Society, not through the paper, but I, um, I had already started that organization with Mike Dahlman, my partner in that. And uh, Dr. O, as his friends and colleagues called him, had gone in and talked with our POA about the cemetery behind what is now, I think, what is it, Credit One Stadium? I know our stadium has changed names a couple of times, but um, I was located back in the woods behind the tennis center here on Daniel Island. And he was kind of like disappointed, I guess, because he went to visit the cemetery and visit his ancestors. He had 
lived away from Daniel Island for many, many years, you know, grew up in the area, but, but left um, when he was a young man, went to New York and other places and had settled back in the community um, as an older gentleman. Um, I think he was probably in his sixties, maybe when I met him. Um, and he really wanted to, to visit that cemetery and, and his ancestors. He was very in touch with his ancestors, just spiritually and just wanted to, wanted to, pay honor and respect to them and visit them. And um, he was upset when he went and saw that it was all overgrown, um, you know, and you couldn't even get in there, really. It was, there was a, at the time, there was a fence up with no gate. So you could go around it or jump over the fence to get in. And then once you got in, it was very just weeds and trees and just brush and stuff. And um, it upset him. It made him very sad. And uh, so he, he went to the POA and said, hey, can we do something to clean this up? I'd like to help. Um, my grandfather was Philip Simmons. I have some ideas on how we can do that. And um, so Jane Baker at the POA put him in touch with us. Um, in addition to the POA trying to help as well, we all kind of teamed up and said, uh, what can we do together? And um, so we kind of started a process then working with him and he he got the ball rolling. And then the POA really sort of took it after that and ended up um, getting some other family members, not, not from Dr. Afunian's family necessarily, but there, there's another family that has a lot of ancestors buried there called the Shaw family, got them involved, got a lot of corporate donations and some other support, including from the historical society and the cemetery was restored. And there's a beautiful gate there now. I don't know if you've been over there. Yes. Um, it's called Grove Cemetery. And, um, it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's really, it's, there's a sign the historical society has has put a sign out front to identify it. So it's very welcoming. Um, you know, you can get in there easily. And there's a couple of benches that were restored by an Eagle Scout on the island who made that his project. So, um, and luckily Dr. O was able to see that um, before he sadly passed away very unexpectedly um, in October of 2020. So it's been about a year um, since he, a little over a year since he passed away. But um, but one thing I would share about that, which was very special to me is he had reached out to me. We had gone a couple of years without seeing each other, just busy lives. And he was doing things with teaching at the college of Charleston and other things. And he called me one day out of the blue and said, Hey, let's, let's go meet at Be beach on Daniel Island and, and, you know, get a juice and talk. And I haven't seen you. Let's, let's, let's get together. Um, so we did, and we, we did, go, we went over to the cemetery um, because um, I think he, he thought there was more story to be told over there and wanted to go over and talk a little bit about what he had been doing at other cemeteries and the great launch pad that was for, for some other really important restoration projects that he was involved in. And he stood there in the cemetery with me and um, I was so quiet. And we had two other folks from, from his nonprofit, the Gullah Society that came with him. And he said, I hope the ancestors are proud of me. And um, I, I hope that one day I can be with them here, you know, just those real poignant thoughts, just talking about it. And then lo and behold, he, he would ultimately pass away. And he was the first person in, oh my gosh, probably 60 years to be buried at Grove Cemetery. He is laid to rest there. And he is among his ancestors now, right here on Daniel Island in that cemetery. So it's very special. Oh my goodness, Beth. Yeah. Yeah. I go visit him. I'll go in, I'll go over there. You got to go see it. His, his, his uh, tombstone is beautiful. His family did a lovely tribute to him and um, his legacy. He, he went on to do amazing things. He was involved in the Gilliard, um, you know, when they uncovered uh, hundreds, I think, of unmarked graves when they were building that beautiful new yes. auditorium. 
Gullah Society came in and helped with the reinternment of those souls and 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 he led that and so he he was just a, a change maker in the community and he passionately uh fought for um our our african-american ancestors to get all the credit and and honor and tribute they deserved and he was he was passionate about that and he made other people passionate i mean you couldn't stand with him and not feel it <laughs> he was just yeah um, he just oozed um passion for what he loved and how could you not Absolutely. be excited about that Oh, I know. I know. And, and yeah, that article was about the early stages of that process with, with him. I remember taking a picture of him in the cemetery and um, I can still picture it. He has this little cute little beanie cap on that he always wore when it looked like a college professor. <laughs> he always wore yeah. this really cool little wool, wool beanie cap whenever we met. And um, he just had this wonderful presence about him. So um, yeah, so I can still remember that. So that was, I say that was his award because it was really showcasing all the amazing things he was doing um, to to just further that cause, making sure those cemeteries don't get forgotten, aren't forgotten. Yeah. Well, I appreciate again you sharing that with me. Like I said before, you have so many amazing stories, and that was just one that really intrigued me, really stood out. And I'm so proud that I um, know you and had oh. a connection <laughs> to that story through you. And um, thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Nope. I'm glad to share it. Anytime I can talk about Dr. O, I do it. <laughs> well, great man. it's going to be hard to uh, talk about a story that's as remarkable as that one. Mm-hmm. However, I would love for you to share some stories that inspired you or touched you as you were or are working for the news as a journalist. Yes. You know, it's so interesting that we are having this conversation right now because one of the stories I'm actually working on uh, today and it's going to be turned in next week is Daniel Allen's 25th anniversary as a development. You know, we the first homes were built on Daniel Island in 1996 in the fall. People started moving in. There were like a handful of people here um, at the end of that year. And then, you know, it went on the next year to to really grow. And then, you know, you know, the story, it's been growing ever since. And um, we have probably 10,000 residents here today. So um, so for me, as a, as a reporter for the Daniel Allen News, our really wonderful community-focused newspaper, I feel like I've had a front row seat to all this history that's happening before my eyes, you know, as, as a journalist. So it's really like, you know, you're, you're almost like a little historian, you know, who captures these things in the moment they happen, as they happen, and you record them. And that's kind of what I feel like I've been doing for the last 18 years that I've been with the paper because um, I moved here in 03. So I got to cover a lot of firsts for Daniel Island, you know, things that that happened that, you know, when, when neighborhoods opened up, for example, when um, we had the first residents elected to governing councils for the ever, you know, Daniel Island got representation, you know, at the city of Charleston when Gary White was elected, first time a Daniel Island resident has ever served in that role. Um, and then, you know, just Berkeley County School District, Doug Cooper, you may remember Doug, yeah. um, was first in Island resident to be elected to that entity. And then we've since had residents remain in those roles. So um, that was cool. I always, you know, just being able to cover those, you know, amazing milestones for our community to have a seat at the table in some of these bigger 
you know, bigger groups. Um, so those those were always fun. You know, the campaigns sometimes can be challenging to cover, just like today. But <laughs> luckily, they're they're pretty you know good. They're all good people. You know that we that we deal with uh, here on DI. So um, those campaigns were were fun. They were fun to cover. We even had some presidential candidates come to Daniel Island. I don't know if you remember that. We had Her- Herman Cain, who sadly passed away, I think last year, right from COVID sadly, but he came, spoke at the Daniel Island School, Rick Santorum, came. oh gosh, Jeb Bush oh, wow. came uh, to the Daniel Island School, and uh, gosh, a couple others um, over the years. So that's kind of exciting, yeah. you know, <laughs> those were really fun to cover. Um, we had Nikki Haley came down a couple of times for various events, so got to cover when she was governor. I haven't seen Governor McMaster here, but definitely... Former Governor Haley was here uh, a few I times. I think Governor McMaster so, came um, when they were starting to renovate the the old Volvo Tennis Center yes, to the Capitol One. That's right. And I think he probably came too during the tournament. Yes. I bet he came. I think they do give the award, the trophy. I think he hands the trophy to the winner. So that And that event, oh my gosh, talking about big events to cover. Here I am in my little old community newspaper sitting next to Serena Williams you know, getting an opportunity to ask her questions about her tennis. Oh my game. gosh! That, I mean, that is unbelievable well, opportunities. I'm um, freak right now. I could not if I was sitting beside her. I oh my gosh, I'd go crazy. Oh, she yes, they do this thing every year called All Access Media Hour for that event, and they they literally give you an hour basically. And I always say it's kind of like a speed dating situation where they they put the player at a table and they have like seven empty seats. And the, the, the media can go sit at the table and ask whatever they want. And then they can move to another table with another player. But you rotate around so you have time to talk to everybody. But they bring the top eight players seated, the top eight seeds for the tournament to, to do this. So, um, gosh, yes. Yeah, so we've Sam Stozer, Venus Williams, um, Madison Keys, you name it, Sloan Stevens. We've, we've had the privilege and honor of just being able to talk to all of them. So I was a little starstruck on that. That was a little hard, I got to say. <laughs> um, I was feeling the pressure when I got the New York Times over here asking questions. And here's little old me from the Daniel Island News. But but hey, they were very nice and respectful and let us wiggle right in there. So it was really fun. <laughs> oh, but you're just awesome. You're extraordinary. Great. I'm sure you fit right in with the New York Times and the Wall Street <laughs> Journal and whoever else was in there. I, you know? I was just praying I didn't ask a really dumb question. I was like, I got to sound like I know something here. Like I know what I'm, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I can't miss my one opportunity to ask a good question. So, well, so, I remember yeah, watching was, Venus so, play um, mm-hmm. back in, oh my gosh, how this was a long time ago. I don't remember what year. Was it like 2010? When, what, do you remember when she was here? The first yeah, they, I, she was here a lot in the first 10 10 or so 12 years and then it's been sort of sporadic more recently but but yeah I think she was here quite a bit to begin with and Serena as well yeah I got to watch them both play and it was against each other I I didn't get to watch them play against each other okay um but I got to watch them both play I think different different years or different times and I was awestruck at um the strength that these women have you know inside and out it's just amazing what an inspiration. That's I think that's what got me just seeing them in person was just their their amazing like just physical presence. You know, especially Serena, who's just all muscle. You know, she's just a strong, strong, strong woman. You can see how hard she works to maintain that. She's amazing. 
Um, but just, yeah, the rest of them too, they just, they're just, that's why they're wonderful top class, you know, wonderful athletes. So they, they work hard at it and you really, you, you really feel like you're in awe when you're around them. Yeah. It's like, wow. <laughs> I guess I could go for that run later. I could do oh, that. Yeah. They're so inspiring. <laughs> yes. Very motivating to, to get home and do something. Yeah. yeah let, get me, off the couch. let me work on my serve after watching her. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, what are some other stories that. that, um, stood out, you know, um, local, just some local people. So local stuff. Well, you know, what was one story that was very, very interesting to cover. I don't know if you remember this, but back in 2014, it was that whole annexation stuff. Um, when, uh, Daniel Allen was considering seceding from Berkeley County to join Charleston County. So that was really interesting. I, I really enjoyed covering that. It was, there was a lot of, um, facets to that. And, you know, it ended up being, scrapped basically the whole plan because the costs were too high to study the process because the South Carolina laws about annexation were so antiquated and they really just needed to be updated. And they were, they were requiring some really, really old fashioned things that just didn't make sense in today's world to require like three independent land surveys done by hand. Oh my goodness. You know, which why nobody really, very few people do that anymore. And then you're talking about an entire island and it had to be plotted out three different times by three independent people. And um, it was just very expensive to do that. And then just a bunch of other little legal issues. Um, But, but that was kind of fascinating. I I just remember thinking, wow, this is pretty significant that they want to do this, that the island is even looking at this because there's a lot going on with the schools then. And folks were wondering if they'd be better off in a different school district and, and, you know, we basically are in the middle kind of Charleston County wraps around us almost on, on all three sides, except for the North, which is Berkeley where we are, but people feel like they spend most of their time in Charleston County. Right. So um, that was the reason I think it was brought up and, um, and they did a thorough explanation exploration, excuse me, of it. And um, I felt like they came to the best decision they could in that, in that moment. But I felt really privileged to be able to be part of that and, and follow that. That was very interesting. Um, but my favorite stories, other than the newsy stuff, um, that's not really where I, that's not my sweet spot so much. I, I, I'm fine covering that and it's very interesting to me, but my favorite thing to cover are really just people stories, features. I love meeting people. I love hearing what drives them, what they're passionate about and just, just really telling their stories, you know, whatever it might be. And I've met some, like Dr. O would be one wonderful example of great, a great person that I got to talk to, but others like, you know, chef BJ Dennis, who, who, whose grandparents grew up in the area. Now he's this acclaimed chef. You know, he was on uh, the Anthony Bourdain show years ago. He's, he's just a neat guy. And I just love talking to him. Um, He had great memories of growing up on Daniel Island where his grandparents live kind of off really Thomas Island, but he was just a fun person to talk to. Um, And, uh, just like some, I was thinking about a, a young girl that I met recently, um, uh, Ashley Severance. I don't know if you remember that story, but she just was going through a really difficult health crisis. Um, she had a very, um, kind of a rare, has a rare disorder called uh, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And just her spirit and her, oh my gosh, her perseverance through that very painful situation she had to endure just but she's this bright little sunshine of a girl, like just sweet as can be. And just that whole personality came out when I was talking to her and I thought, wow, 
she is just defying the odds. Like this girl's going to go places. I just, I just love talking with her. And yeah, what was the syndrome? I didn't catch that because we had a little hiccup. Gonna, I hope I'm not saying this wrong. Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It's a connect tissue connectivity disorder. Uh, but she, she was, a, is a student at BE, Bishop England, and um, just started having some symptoms uh, that were troubling some, some issues that she went to her doctor about. And ultimately after many, many, many months of trying to figure out what was wrong, they, diagnosed her with that but um but she has some great people advocating and working with her um a therapist here on daniel island who happens to specialize in that condition which is a miracle <laughs> so she was able to yes. get together with her and uh, great doctors at musc anyway so but she's she's someone that i thought wow you know just so inspiring and that that's like when i really feel like it's such a privilege to be able to share that story because as you said in the beginning as you were telling me earlier if you can help one person with what you do, um, it's so worth it. And I thought, gosh, if one person reads this story and it's inspired by Ashley or has these symptoms and doesn't know what's going on, maybe it's the same thing and learn something and, and will live a better life because of it. You know, isn't that amazing, right? One person. I know. Well, that's so. my goal is just to positively impact one person. Um, yeah, and, I think that's And to goal. flip it around too, I also want to have some humor. So of course. Help me out with this, Miss <clears throat> Beth. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to gossip or, but there's got to be some good stories that you, that, that you just recall. That's like, oh my gosh, did that really happen on Daniel? Oh gosh. Yeah. Like we, I'm trying to, there's probably so many, luckily we live pretty much a nice quiet life out here and not a lot, not a lot happens. Um, gosh, that's just crazy. Um, we, we've had a couple of weird things. Remember when there was a car that just flipped upside down, like right on seven farms drive. Well, hopefully one day, everybody was little, okay. Everybody was fine. Yep. But just a strange little wacky situation happened with that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I really do. I was thinking about it today and I thought, you know, we're really lucky that we don't have a lot of, of bad things right. going on, which is awesome because nobody wants to hear about that or, worry about someone having to go through something bad and that's nobody wants that for anyone. So we're, we're fortunate in that we have, you know, mostly positive things to talk about and positive things to report on. Um, Oh, I know one little fun yes. story. This was kind of wild. Okay. <laughs> this was crazy. I actually did a whole feature story on a little turtle named Leo. Okay. And Leo's story is quite fascinating. He lived in Dunes West okay. and got out of his yard and somehow made it all the way to Daniel Island. Oh, that's amazing. Now nobody knows how he got here. Did he walk the whole way? Probably took him three months. I don't know. <laughs> but he, 14 miles. He got to Daniel Island somehow and someone found him. And the whole thing was like such an amazing story because the, the family that lost him posted all these things on social media. Has anybody seen our turtle Leo? He got out. Here's a picture of him. And there was like a little disconnect between the family's posts and people that were spotting him and didn't realize he was missing. And they would say, Oh, here's, a, they would post a picture of a turtle. I just saw this turtle at Publix outside. He's saying hello. And they'd, they'd share the picture. Nobody knew it was Leo. And so there was a lot of sightings going on, but nobody was able to connect Leo to his family. And then suddenly he shows up on Daniel Island and somebody posted a picture. Hey, I just found this little turtle. I took him in. He's living, he's at our house now. And, and uh, this was a young family that took them in and then they realized, oh, turtles, maybe there's some, you know, some disease issues associated with turtles and children. Right. So 
They felt funny about having him, so they decided to set him free. They set him free behind Bishop England. Then they found out that Leo was the turtle and he was missing. So they went back out, found him, got him back, reunited him with the family, and everything was good. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so cute. That's such a sweet story. So, so yeah, there's that. You know, I don't have any hot, juicy gossip, but there's that. There's Leo. Well, the warming, <laughs> happy stories. I mean, come on now. It, it's Christmas is almost here. That is a good warming heart felt it is and those are the those are the stories i love honestly those are the best those are the best i mean we've had a couple of negative things we've had to cover a couple criminal cases um luckily very very few and far between uh not a lot to do on that end so that's been good um mostly it's it's all featurey good good news so that's That's good well one of the things i love about our community and and the daniel and news is it i feel like it keeps me connected with you guys at the paper kind of bring us together as one. This is a beautiful community. We have beautiful people from all over the world. Great stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I really Absolutely. appreciate what you guys do and what Sue does at the paper. Um, so please extend my thank you to them. And um, anybody thinking about moving to Daniel Island, I can only say that um, I, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I feel very happy, impressed with the people who are around me. Very thankful, very blessed. I agree 100%. Well, Beth, I hope that you have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You too, Kim. Same to you. you. And thank you so much for having me. What a fun little time this has been. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Beth. Y'all, one of my goals is to at least positively impact one of you. And I hope you enjoyed this episode.